welcome to Out of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. Hey, how are you doing this week, Sam? Not too bad. Not good, too bad. Good. Um, I bought a new hair conditioner. Oh, yeah? Um, to sort out my frizzy hair. How's that going for you? Honestly, it's been it's been life changing. Whoa! Okay, I feel like that's that's not an exaggeration. That's possibly one of the most interesting things that's happened to me this week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I went four four over F and M. that's good. Playing in fact. Uh, what format were you playing that in? Uh, modern. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, Giver of Runes is really good. Yeah. Um, also, killed a person with Giver of Runes. Oof, nice. That was very good fun. Um, yeah, the card's really good. Like Bant in fact, I think Giver Runes is a much better reason to play white than Teferi. Yeah. I was still playing Teferi in the sideboard, um, but the matchups I brought it in, it just felt a little bit too slow still. Sure. Um, but yeah, Giver Runes on turn one into like Glistener Elf that you can just protect, or Blighted Agent that you can just protect, is um, incredibly powerful. Yeah, sounds really good. Yeah, and I, uh, my 4 I opened two Modern Horizons packs. Got a nurturing peatland and the green enchantment that cares about expels or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that was good. So got some value off that. Nice. Yep. I uh, have also finally acquired all of the snow covered mountains I need. Hey. All of the foil snow covered. <laughs> I now own twenty eight foil snow covered mountains. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so in like a year's time, when they're worth ten pounds, yeah, I think I'm I mean, still not going to sell them. <laughs> they might even be worth a little bit more than ten pounds in a year's time. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I think they're a great buy. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been like, it, it's kind of depressing when I worked out because I've been like spending since uh, Modern Horizons is released. I've been spending all my all my time and like excess cash just like getting those. Yeah, and I, I worked it all out and realized based on because the fluctuating prices and stuff like the most I paid for one is eleven pounds, nice. and the least the least I paid for one is three pound fifty. Hey, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> I spoke to, spoke to this guy. It was just like. Oh, so they're like uh, four or five euros on card market, which is which is true. I wasn't yeah. like trying to shark the person. I was like, "This is how much they're worth on this." Would you like to sell it to me? And he was like, "Yeah, three pound fifty. I was like, "Yes, yep. <laughs> that sounds great." Considering they're still fifteen dollars on uh, SCG. Um, so yeah, considering the fluctuating prices, I could have like bought another jewel land <laughs> or something like with that money. But yeah, instead, I guess I guess in the time that they appreciate in price the dual lands also appreciate in price as well yeah I mean so instead of having a dual land which I actually need now like I need to get some um, some red dual lands for my legacy deck which maybe I'll touch on later um, but I now have a, a very very shiny ill hoggy DH deck which <laughs> <laughs> is very much a me thing to do yeah. rather than the correct thing to do with money. <laughs> yeah how are you doing yeah not bad not so bad myself um, I played in a European modern series Modern Horizon sealed preliminary qualifier. I I generally don't know the name of the event. Like between like myself and the two judges that were present, we like none of us could decide on what the event is actually called. And then when they printed out the match slip, there was totally something else written on there, which was like <laughs> ten words long in the name of this, this stupid event. But it was good. The event was really fun. Uh, yeah, Modern Horizon sealed was great. 
could you give me some kind of snappy acronym for what the like something like an MCQ or a PTQ or something like that? Could you just condense it into like some kind of snappy acronym? I, I think the I think the closest thing that I could kind of come up with was was an EMCQ for like European Modern Challenge Qualifier, which is is not to be confused with an MCQ, which is a Mythic Championship Qualifier, or an eSport, as it's neither <laughs> of those things. It's not an eSport. What does the what does the E in eSports stand for? Uh, not European. Not <laughs> European. Know. That's the one. That's exactly what it stands for. Yeah. It's a not European sport. <laughs> cool. Great so, sports. Modern, modern... <laughs> so uh, Horizon sealed. How was how was that? Oh, it was great. It was really good fun. Um, like proper expensive, but it it was good. I really enjoyed it. Like I won't be in a rush to do it again anytime soon. But mm-hmm. I'm just I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your what was your record by the end of the day? Uh, went undefeated in the Swiss and then died oh, in the top four. Oh, dude, that's really, really good. How yeah. many players were there? Uh, we had 14 players. Sure. Which I, like, I didn't think it was too bad, like all things considered. Mm-hmm. So it was like £50 entry, um, which obviously is a lot. And it's you know coming at the end of the month, just before payday for some people as well. So mm-hmm. money's tight. Uh, and also, it's like sealed. Sealed isn't like massively popular. Like at least limited really isn't isn't massively popular around here. Sure. And I figure like at the point when we we did the event, like it still hadn't been announced. Like what, uh, like what the the event that these events feed into was going to look like, or when it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced that the the regional finals, I guess, were, were going to be sometime in August or September, but hadn't announced like a date where they were going to be what the formats were going to be like anything like that um yeah i was going to say like basically not knowing much about the series like it hasn't been promoted particularly yeah. well either so yeah, <laughs> I guess people are just like turning up for a random sealed event if they want to play it and then there might be some good payoff if you do well or win it i guess yeah so it was uh i mean to be honest the the, the turnout was a little bit better than I, i'd expected like all things considered uh mm-hmm. it was it was odd. Like it, it felt somewhere, somewhere between an F and M and a PPTQ. Like it definitely didn't feel as serious as a PPTQ did, mm-hmm. but it definitely felt like a lot more competitive than, than an F and M. Sure. But at the same time, every, I don't know. Maybe it was just the people there as well. Like everyone was just kind of like, obviously, you know, pretty good Magic players, but also just kind of dead relaxed and casual about the whole thing. Sweet. It was good. It was really good fun. Um, I. Uh, um, yeah, I managed to open like what I thought was a terrible pool, but just managed to get there, I guess. Um, Sick. Like Abzan slivers, I guess, if you had to call it anything. Okay, that doesn't seem to be a supported archetype, but I'm yeah. into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was just, yeah, I opened my pool and was like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, these cards all, all seem okay. These cards seem okay. I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, the the rares that I got uh, that I, I played were nurturing peatland and Kaya's Guile. Uh, the other rares were mirrored and besieged, which I <laughs> the second I saw saw that I'd opened it, I was like, right, do I have 15 artifacts? Can I do this? Uh, 15 artifacts sealed deck seems really bad. Yeah, unfortunately, I did not have 15 artifacts, so that, that didn't happen. <laughs> of course, you didn't. Uh, and then the other ones were uh, Nether Spirit which is the one black black for 2-2 two, two spirit. At the beginning of your upkeep, if never spirit is the only creature card in your graveyard, you may return never spirit to the battlefield. Mmm, yeah, that's not a good one. It's, yeah, it's it's fine. It definitely didn't seem amazing, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, other rare was Cordial Vampire. 
So it's black black for a 1-1. One, one. Whenever Cordial Vampire or another creature dies, put a plus one plus one counter on each vampire you control. Mm, did that was that relevant in your deck? Not particularly. No. I mean, it, it it possibly could have been, but a two mana for a one one doesn't doesn't feel great. Yeah, There's so yeah, many yeah. like removal spells or blockers that can pretty much instantly get rid of a one one. Mm-hmm. So it it just didn't look good. And sure. then my other rare, or I guess my mythic, was uh, the first sliver. In your Absan slivers deck. In my Absan slivers deck, uh, I could not splash for the uh, the blue or the red. Did you try hard enough? No. Just put so, that certainly and an did not. There. Yeah, did not. Um, didn't. I mean, the card's good, but just the fixing wasn't there at all. Uh, sure. So yeah, so I played the, the Peatland and the Kaya's Guile, and then looking through like what I had, I was like, okay, well, my green seems quite good. I had like the Rot Widow pack. Like that card is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the the Spider uh, two black green for two four with reach. You can pay five and exile a creature card to make a one two Spider, and then. Uh, each opponent loses one life for each spider you control. Yeah, that card's really good. Yeah. Uh, so I figured the spider's pretty good. And then I saw that I had um, two of the... I mean, to be honest, it was the card that was kind of like the MVP for me, really, was Changeling Outcast. Yeah. One black for a 1-1. One, one, uh, Changeling, so it's every creature type. It can't block and can't be blocked. Mm-hmm. I had two of those, and yeah, they really, really just turned out to be like the, the card that did it for me. Casting that on turn one and then just getting in... Uh, when you combine it with like the other slivers that I had, mm-hmm. uh, which were the the unearth sliver, um, whatever that one's called, yep, uh, and also first slivers chosen. Sweet, that's the best one, right? Pretty much, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I just think it is hands down the best one. Mm-hmm. So we played um, played pretty much all of the changes that I could that were in any of those any of the absent colors. Yep, um, and yeah, it was just getting in for like an unblockable changing outcast with with. Uh, with Exalted was pretty cool. Sweet. Also had a scale up as well. So scale up plus changing outcast was great. Oh, big fan of that card. Six four can't be blocked with Exalted. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's absurd. And then yeah, just just more value stuff. I had like Mother Bear. I had like three Frost Wallers. Had a Regrowth. I had an Enduring Sliver as well, which like I never got to outlast anything. But I figured it's a two two for two. That's fine. Plus it's also a Sliver, which is very relevant in this deck. That card makes me sad. Yeah, it's not very good, but... Outlast sucks. Outlast is terrible, but... It's, it's such a bad mechanic. The fact that it was a sliver was, was good enough, because it oh, yeah, put my changing outcast. Yeah, yeah, like a 2-minute 2-2 two, two that like, gets random buffs is absolutely yeah. fine. Was massively impressed with uh, Treetop Ambusher as well. Mm-hmm. Just dashing that out. and like So you could cast like, changing outcast in turn 1, and then turn 2, dash out a Treetop Ambusher, like get in for 4 on turn 2. Oh, that was yeah. pretty good. Got some gas. Uh, farmstead cleaner as well I had one of those which was amazing mm. you three mana two two uh, doesn't untap during your untap step then you pay two and untap it to put a plus one plus one counter on it yep so it's just a three three like at least always and then I had like two copies of savage swipe which was great with um with the frost wallers because you could sure. play you could play like one green and make it a four four and then kill whatever your opponent had and then you tap one slow to make it a six six and then get in for six that sounds pretty good. Uh, and yeah, I had two copies of Defile as well. Really solid removal. Yeah, nice. And so somehow I managed to just be really jammy and I got a Tranquil Thicket and a Foil Secluded Step. Tranquil Thicket? Yeah, Cyclone Lands. Oh, sure, sure, sure. sure. Green yeah. Cyclone Land and a, a Plains Cyclone Land. Nice. So it just, it just all came together really nicely. Uh, it was just very, very much aggressive deck. Um, it was, yeah, fantastic. 
uh, one first first round uh, I played against. Uh, my, so my opponent had two decks. Uh, they had like an aggressive like red white deck, which was was fine. Uh, I managed to run over it quite quickly with like my unblockable slivers mm-hmm. uh, or changelings, I guess. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, for game two, they just switched decks and had this like amazing blue black like value deck where they kept like blinking a pondering mage. <laughs> they got to like cast a pondering mage four times in one game. It was sweet. I was like, damn, I wish I had that deck. <laughs> that sounds sick. But yeah, I managed, managed to beat them. Uh, beat them two one, and then uh, round two, I won that one fairly easily two uh, nil. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, because it was only fourteen players, I could just I was at the top of the standings, so I just got ID the next two in into the top eight oh, so. so it was cool and then uh, round I guess yeah uh, round one of the top eight I played against my opponent from the first round and beat them 2-0 and then uh, in the top four uh, we had a really close game game one like ridiculously close um, thought I was going to take it but I just couldn't get through to the last sort of couple points of damage so they, they won that one and then um it was the card that was giving me a problem that was was Endling. Yeah, that card's quite good. It's fantastic. Like, it, I mean, it's probably the best rare I think for limited in the set. Um, are we I think, including I think, Mythic Res? No, I think there are better Mythics. I think like obviously Sarah is is a lot better. Um, the swords. Yeah, the swords are, are a lot better as well. But uh, yeah, I think as far as rares rares go, I think Endling is probably just the best rare. Yeah, I'd be inclined to say so. Yeah, it was it was just it was really difficult to deal with. Um, so yeah, they, they just beat me with, with an endling in game one, just and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, game two they play an endling. Uh, I top deck a a savage swipe or savage punch, whatever it's called, to uh, to pump a frostwaller, fight the endling. Uh, they gave the endling death touch. They traded off, and I was like, all right, lost my creature, but whatever, dealt with it, and then past the turn and then they play a foil endling and I'm like alright great <laughs> why does this always happen to me like <laughs> like I swear down it always does so yeah I, I mean, lost to the double endling pool which which you know it's fine it was gonna I happen I just bragged about how sick your pool was and how it all came together and you got really lucky and then you got you know beaten by a luckier player with a better pool yeah yeah, that's sick. With the foil ending. So yeah, that, that was that was cool. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I got myself a couple of prize packs. Well, I think it was three prize packs uh, for coming in the top four, which is cool. Uh, I got from yeah from the prize packs. I got a Cabal Therapist, uh, another Nurturing Peatland, and an Altered Dementia, and a foil Snow Covered Swamp. So decent Sweet. value, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty decent. Assume, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked at other prices of anything, but like, I assume I just sell the Altered Dementia before it gets banned in modern. Um, Altered's about $12. Peatland's about 16 I think. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to them, definitely. Um, yeah, I think now's a good time to buy the Canopy Lands. Yeah. Um, and the First Liver yeah. as well. Yeah, First first Liver, I think I'm going to hold that. Um, probably sell that in like a year's time or something, but I, it just goes up, right, once the supply of modern horizons yeah, disappears. Absolutely. Um, the Cabal Therapist is about three bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's again, yeah, another no. one. I'll, I'll, I'll stick that in a cube and I'll, might see some play. <laughs> seems, seems great in cube. I'm a big fan of that in, in a cube. Yeah, I'm disappointed it, it just isn't good enough for modern because it's a really cool card design. Yeah, but you know, you're not winning on turn three with that card, so what's the point? Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, was my event. It was great fun. Really enjoyed it. Uh, would absolutely do it again, but I, I can't imagine I would travel outside the northeast for. Well, like for that event specifically 
What about to uh, Birmingham? Um, I mean, I'm going to go to GP Birmingham def- or Magic Fest Birmingham or whatever, definitely. But yeah, I, I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't think I would travel to attend one of those. Like, I mean, there's always a server you can crash on here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if it's an MCQ, if there's an MCQ in Birmingham, yeah, sure, I'll come and play in that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. This, this kind of like mid-level event, which I guess where the PPTQs were, uh, yeah. I can't imagine traveling myself to play in them, but I think it's a great thing if we do get more events like this. Yeah, absolutely. And if, they're, if they're just local, I guess that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's what stores need and what players need. Sweet. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. Awesome. Awesome. So we've got some few things to talk about today, I guess. Oh, God, yeah. So should we start with the uh, the, the never-ending hype train that is, uh, is brand new magic sets? Oh my god, the never ending high train. Yeah. I I'm feel so like this tired. so I feel like this um this preview season, I guess, it is moving a lot faster than they usually do as well. Yeah, it's just a week, right, I think. I, yeah, I, I think just like two two, two weeks in total. So we have had all of last mm-hmm. week and then we've got all of this week. So I think when we recorded last week there was like like, like thirty six cards or something spoiled. Mm-hmm. And now like as a time of recording we have hundred and eighty. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, well, I mean, by the time we finish recording, and by the time this goes up on Wednesday, we'll, we'll have missed some cards that we should have talked about, yeah. but I think most of the rares are spoiled at this point, right? I think so, yeah. God, I, I hope so, because I'm so tired. <laughs> so bored of looking at magic cards. Um, and having to keep up, and then still juggle, like, having to evaluate Modern Horizons, and having to, like, trade and pick up Matter of Modern Horizons cards while also thinking about these cards. And no, uh, just... Yeah, Modern Horizons is done, it's done. It's been it's out not. a week, it's done, it's over, forget it's, about it's it. <laughs> I wanted to pick up some Renin Sixes, but they've now like gone up like forty percent in price overnight. Yeah. So I picked up one for like a reasonable price, which is still quite expensive, and then they've just gone up again, so I can't pick up another one and I was like, oh I'm gonna have to pay attention to these spoilers and God, I've got to update my commander decks. Jesus. <laughs> um but yes, yes, let's talk about these new cards because they're very interesting and I'm sure people want to hear about them and hear my hot takes and getting all these cards wrong again and having to apologise next week when I say this card's bad when it's actually really good. Let's go for it. So Etc. I'm, I'm going to jump in right away with, I think, one of the cards that I'm most excited about, which we've just yes. previewed this evening, uh, that is Tail's End. It's one in a blue for an instant. Uh, it's a rare counter-target activated ability, triggered ability, or legendary spell. Right, so, before we talk about the applications of this card... Sure. ...and the potential playability, do you mind if I go off a second? Go for it. I hate this card. <laughs> Why? I hate this card so much. It's right, so, it's a squelch, right? Because it's a two-mana stifle. Yeah. It's a squelch that also counters target legendary spell. Yeah. So, planeswalkers, legendary creatures, enchantments, etc., etc. Yeah. That's horrible as a design for a card. Why? So... It just, it's a, like, it's just, we need this card to exist because we've just spent a load of Planeswalkers and we're potentially worried about what that might do to the format. So we need just an answer that definitely works to solve this Planeswalker problem, right? Yeah. Essentially what we need. Um, And to make that fit in, I guess we need to put on uh, targeting activated abilities because I guess you can stifle um, a Planeswalker ultimate or something like that. Like, I understand why this card exists. I understand it's a necessity. I kind of like it in the format. I kind of like it in other formats as well. But I just think it's a horrible design. Like, it's just it's like this sort of Frankenstein of a card that they've had to jam together to answer a certain problem. It's no, there's no elegance in the design. Um, um, I think it's fine. I think it's 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 a card that's an answer. Like, it's it's a sideboard card. It's it's you know it's it's your possibly like sideboard toolbox card like it's it's gonna be 
it's going to see some amount of play somewhere and I, I think printing it in a corset is just the best place to do this kind of thing I think they seem to be doing something things a bit differently with this corset like the power level Absolutely. in general seems to be like ramped up a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, a lot so, of the reprints seem to be quite powerful but then definitely. we've also got like lot a lot of like really sort of niche or like specific answer cards like Tails End for example so you know last week when we said they should reprint Dussalab yes so this is essentially Dussalab but worse or yep. better depending on how much oh, you or worse it's certainly worse than Dussalab yeah so it's just the fact that like Dissalar makes sense because it's ta- counter-target spell. Yeah. That's clean. Activated or triggered ability. That's like a clean card. But the fact that this is activated or triggered ability, which have, it has its own set of like what things you might want to do, and then legendary spell specifically, I just think that that seems like just it, it seems like a kind of a messy design, and I don't like it for that reason. In terms of application, in terms of use, and in terms of flavor, like I think it's fine. I absolutely have no problem with it. I just think in terms of a, designing a card, like it's a very ham-fisted way of being like, oh, we need to solve Planeswalkers, here's this thing that doesn't really make a lot of sense when you put all those words next to each other. I think, so obviously when they're designing this card, like they've already, they've done War of the Spark, which is just Planeswalkers everywhere. They're all legendary now. And then Mm -hmm. you've also got two Ravnica sets, which have a lot of legends, being Planeswalkers and the Guild Leaders. And then Mm -hmm. before that you have Dominaria, which had like uncommon legends. So I I think now's the perfect time to be printing that spell. And I I, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I agree with all these things. I just think in terms of like a design, designing a magic card, this is very inelegant. Um, but I mean, the flavor's good. Uh, they've just sort of like, so, so all, of, all of my um, my problems and my critiques to this card aside, they've managed to tie it all together with, with Tail's End, which I quite like. And the, 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 the flavor text being, um, when you are gone, will anyone know your story, remember your story? Like, that's, that's fine. Like, I like that. And it appears to be General Tazri off of Oath of the Gatewatch. Uh... I think that's General Tazri. Possibly, I thought it was somebody on Taka. No, it, look, it because it, mm, especially with the like heavy Zendikar theme in the set, it, I think it's General Tazri. Um Anyway, I am a fan of this card generally in terms of playability, in terms of applications in um, a lot of formats. To be honest with you, yeah. So obviously, you currently have no. That's not, not Tazri at all. I'm just sorry. I'm not? just looking at the art for Tazri, Yeah. Is it not? No. Is that not what General Tazzy looks like? I swear that's what she looks like. No. Hang on. Although, it's, it, yeah, they've got the same colour. Maybe it's just that thing where, like, it's a different artist. So yeah, exactly. they've just pictured the... Uh, oh, that... Come on, that's General Tazzy. Yeah, the co- the is the same, but that's pretty much it. But, I mean, also, the it's because her, like, breastplate's being obscured by her arm, so you can't really see it. It's, it's, the collar just, like, locks it in. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. a luminescent circular massive collar. That's fair, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, uh, yeah, in terms of applications, so like obviously you've got the sort of the, the Esper superheroes deck, the Commander Dreadhorde decks, tearing up standard. Um, you have stuff, so you have Teferis, and you have Narset, and you have like the decks that are playing Nissa, decks that are playing Sarkhan still, all of this kind of nonsense. So like being able to count those is very, very important. Um, so I like that, and also you're counting triggered and activate abilities in a pinch, obviously you need that as well. Yeah. Uh, so I like its application there, like there's, there's um, an absolute load of things, like relevant things that it. Kind yeah, like modern. Well, in standard, well. even like New Chandra, like it's a way to deal mm-hmm. with the emblem. Absolutely, exactly. Um, there's a lot of applications. So, like in terms of like in modern, like it counts all the planes because well, you got like Jace, Khan, Lily, Narset there as well, Teferi yeah. there as well. Then like it counts as Hogark. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, I don't think that true. matters because it goes back to Graveyard. You can cast it again, but yeah. it does. It also counters the Ultra Dementor activation. That's true. And a bridge trigger, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's an all one card that does. It interacts at every point with a Bridgevine deck, but still doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, 
so squelch has not been playable ever in modern. Yeah. Um, but tacking this on might make it like interesting. Um, Maybe. I, I, like I, 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 I don't think it's a modern card. I think this is purely purely yeah, a yeah, standard yeah. card and then uh, I don't know maybe maybe you can play it in Legacy because you can pitch it to Force of Will I guess you can pitch it to Force <laughs> of Negation there we go maybe it is yeah, modern playable yeah. there you go pitch to Force of Negation yeah. that's the thing um, no but I I like the functionality of this card I like where this fits in I like what it solves I like the answers it brings to certain formats I just don't like specifically the designing of this card because it seems cumbersome and it seems like I really don't think it does at all slap it together oh man how how often do we disagree on something? <laughs> Actually, later on we're going to disagree about, disagree about something pretty hard. So this yeah. is a <laughs> a lead into that, I guess. Sure. <clears throat> but I like this card. I, I, I love it. it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Don't care what you say. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Next up, we've got another strange card. Uh, hmm. We have Embodiment of Agonies. Yeah. What the hell is this? <laughs> uh, one black black for a creature. It's a demon. It's a flying death touch. Uh, it's a zero zero. And it has uh, text embodiment of agonies enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each different mana cost among non land cards in your graveyard. So this is this is what right. So I like that this is essentially like a Tarmogoyf templating. Yeah. I imagine I wouldn't be surprised if at some point during development and design this had the Tarmogoyf playing, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, zero zero. Exactly where but obviously Tarmogoyf is a pain in the ass to have to track. Um corsets I mean, I disagree with this for this current set, but of course it's meant to be sort of simple, maybe lower powered, like easier for newer players to get into and stuff like that. So, so, like, so, so there's a point there. I, I really like this card specifically for that reason, because uh, the card, oh, really? the card in itself is a lesson. It teaches you what converted mana cost is. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And it even uh, states on the card as well after the ability, for example, two black and one black black are different mana costs. Yeah, which is great, and it also means people don't have to ask judges all the time. Yeah, there was a I, speaking of which on this card, <laughs> I saw a post in a in a judge group where it had um, this card, and it had Angus McKenzie yeah. and ba- and Bant Charm. Okay, so Angus McKenzie is one blue green is, is white blue green. Yeah, and Bant Charm is green white blue. Yes, because <laughs> they're, they're they're reordered. Wait, um, it, it, like depends. Yeah. Like, does this count? Does this count? Like, no, because it's got the same mana cost. It costs a white, a green, then a blue. Yeah. The fact that they're in different order doesn't matter because they're, they're now in, um, like, like Vintage Masters. Angus McKenzie is green, yeah, white, blue. Yeah. That's the same it was in. That's what I think. Um, yeah. So it's just it doesn't it doesn't. I just thought that was quite funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like I said, like it simplifies because having to track the toughness of a card with constantly shifting things that's also annoying to count like I, I i like that it enters just with the counters you have to yeah. count it once and you just move on it's not constantly changing like a tarmogoyf yeah. um that does make it less powerful though yeah it's it's considered well yeah kind of it's hoping it's going to get in for less than a tarmogoyf usually does but it's got flying and death touch so yeah you can block for days yeah that's true and then you play then you play your second one and it gets a plus one plus one counter because you got the first one in the graveyard and it, it's interesting right yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting. Yeah. I don't like that it's um, it can just be a three mana zero zero. Yeah, um, you're just casting a turn through and nothing else has happened. Um, this counts zero as a mana cost, right? So let's you've got a fetch line in your graveyard, it will count as a plus one plus one card, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, no non land cards. Oh, is it non land cards? Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, right. That's okay. That's bad. Um, no, so if if you had a mox opal in your graveyard, then yeah, yeah, sure. sure. If you're playing this on a Mox Opal deck, you're playing Magic wrong. <laughs> um, oh, very, yeah, like very that. right. 
I think yeah, I think this is sort of like oh, very radio short. I think this is um uh this sort of functions as a signpost for for this set, just like all the sort of slightly pushed. Like an, I can imagine like say M fifteen. Yeah. This would have cost like five mana. Yeah. It's just like they're pushing everything ever so slightly to make them more powerful, and I like that a lot. Um, and that seems to be like what's happening in the set. Yeah, definitely. Everything seems a lot more complex than we've seen in core sets for a long time. But at the same time, mm. everything that's been designed that way has been designed with what it seems to be with with new players in mind. Because there are there are some explanations on the cards, and there are mm-hmm. some cards like that, for example, where you like the card in itself as a lesson. You'll read a card, you'll see the rules of the card and how that card works, and then you think, oh yeah, well that if that's that then this also applies to other cards this applies to this yep. so yeah um i mean this thing it's it's like like with this card i think a lot of these cards could have been printed in modern horizons <laughs> yeah for sure and they just ended up in a core set it yeah. seems it seems very strange um yeah i, I like i like this card though um i'm not sure it's that powerful or that playable and constructed but yeah, i like same. it at the very least same i like it a lot mm-hmm. so our next interesting card is brought back. Oh god. It's white white for an instant. It says choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put <clears> there from the battlefield this turn. Return them to the battlefield tapped. So why why are wizards so obsessed with trying to print a fixed second sunrise? I don't know. I don't know. Is that an effect it's... we want? Is that something we're interested in having? I'm not sure. I think you have to think about like what was around in like what was around in um, in I guess in all the formats really when these cards were being designed like uh, like when you look at like the cards in Modern Horizons as well like there's clearly cards which were like uh, like anti like KCI or like anti, anti like Lantern and stuff and yeah I think maybe like maybe this was designed around the time Lantern won the Pro Tour and they were like okay well this is the card that that could play maybe because you can mill things and then or sack things and bring things back, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a very strange one. Yeah, um, I don't really understand this card. So the main thing that's been talked about currently with the existence of fetchlands is that this is can effectively be uh, something like a two mana explosive vegetation. Yep, in white. Yeah, so you fetch, fetch, cast this, put two fetchlands back into the battlefield, tapped. So you get to them fetch the next turn, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I don't think there's any deck that wants that in fetchland formats. Um, so that's that's something. Of course, like it, 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 I mean, it can get like a grizzle brand if it dies. Yeah, sure. Um, like, but I guess the, the point of this card, like a two mana card, is like you want to be able to do it immediately and efficiently and like proactively put things in, in your graveyard yeah. to get them back. So um, it's like the best thing I could think of was like you in standard like. If you've got, uh, like, let's say, like a Narset on the board that you've used, so, like the Narset goes down to one, and you've got Teferi on board as well, and you can Elder Spell. Um, Elder Spell to kill the Narset, put counters on a Teferi, so you can minus your Teferi and ultimate, and then cast Sprout back to bring back your Teferi and Narset. Uh, sure. Well, that sounds like a lot of moving pieces that might be a little bit too difficult to do. Like, also, in your Narset, blue-blue, Teferi deck, casting a black-black, then a white-white in the same turn. Like... I know, yeah. I know we have like good, we have good mana bases. With yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff, I but like can cast a Bazalga of Elhorn and a Kaya's Wrath already anyway. So yeah, that's true. That's I, true, I true. think the mana's great and standard at the moment. Sure, I just don't think like I'd rather be Elder Spelling my opponent and then like holding up a Dones V or something like that rather than like trying to do cute value stuff. I think yeah, for but sure. there's, there's certainly potential applications. Um, again, this feels like a Modern Horizons card. Like 
this isn't really the kind of thing that standard decks are trying to do. It just yeah. feels like it's been put there to try and do something cool in a, an older format. Um, it's just, it's very strange. It's also, I also don't like the name that much. Yeah, saying brought back. Brought back. I was like, okay, well, that's what that does. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be really frustrating when you go, I'm going to brought back my Teferi. Yeah. Like, oh, you God, mean bring back? Cool. No, I mean brought back. <laughs> no, I mean brought back. That's what the card's called. Yeah. But you're bringing them back. Oh my God. Yeah, that's... Oh, I wish you hadn't pointed that out. No, yeah. I probably wouldn't have like worried about that. <laughs> Jesus, that's an odd one, right? I'm yeah, sure. I'm it. sure Matt Sperling will have something to say about that in an article sometime. Oh, soon. Please, please don't talk about Matt Sperling <laughs> on this podcast ever again. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about him later on. Oh, absolutely! I'm excited to. Anyway, a next new card, uh, which again is like another strangely complex card for a core set, is Lotus Field. Ugh. Uh, it's a land, uh, it has Hexproof, and says Lotus Field enters the battlefield tapped. When Lotus Field enters the battlefield, sacrifice two lands, and then you can tap it to add three mana of any one colour. Joe, this is huge. Yeah, this huge. is uh, a reprint of a reserveless card. It's a reserveless right? card! They're reprinting reserveless cards! Oh my god, the reserveless means nothing! Uh, this isn't true. No. Um. <laughs> so this is, this is a, it's a throwback to Lotus Veil, which was... Mm-hmm. A very similar card. Uh, Lotus Veil comes into play. Sacrifice two untapped lands or bury Lotus Veil. Uh, you can tap it to add three mana of any one colour to your mana pool. Mm-hmm. And Lotus Veil is about untapped, right? Yeah. And also doesn't have hex proof. Yeah. Hex proof on a land. That's fun. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting, right? Yeah. Um, some lovely John Avon art on there. Yeah. Big fan. With all this hype about Seth McKinnon, you know, Seth McKinnon killing it every time he puts out a card. I always forget about the, just how, how nice John Avon art is. I mean, John Avon kills it every time he puts out a card, but he just doesn't put them out too often, does he? No, that's very true. There's been like almost groups. a handful of Seth McKinnon cards in like every set for the past six sets, and they've all been amazing. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I was like, I, I just how does he have time to I guess if it's a full time job yeah. <laughs> that's how he does it it's his job <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah this, this card this card's interesting yeah for sure um, yeah, Hexproof is certainly obnoxious so you can't just you know fill the ruin it yeah. or wasteland it or ghost for it wherever we're playing this um, sacrifice two lands and then, then add three mana so I mean there's some shenanigans you can get up to here yeah definitely so I'm you can you can um so you put it into play, and then you tap your two lands for white, sacrifice your two lands, and you cast Brought Back to Brought Back your two lands. <laughs> oh, what a set combo. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't thinking that, but... But that is a thing, a thing you can do. <laughs> it's absolutely a thing you can do. Um, and I'll probably do that in Arena at some point. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so the thing with, um, the thing with Lotus Veil... Which was the old one? Yeah. Um, is that obviously because you had to sacrifice two untapped lands, you couldn't use those lands for mana, so you couldn't cheat mana. Yeah. Um, and then sort of sort of circumvent that. This enters the battlefield tapped, so you can use the lands that you've sacrificed, but this enters tapped, so there's no like massive spike in mana, so you don't have five mana when you play this. Yeah. You get to use the two mana. Like, so, um, but if there's ways you can untap this, so I guess um, we have Cura, Behemoth, yeah. Beckoner. It's a pretty nice little thing. So you get to use, use your two mana potentially to cast the Cura. Then you untap this three mana, this three mana producing land. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. That seems like some, some interesting stuff you can do. Um, maybe you know Nissa's just probably more impactful. Yeah. But 
you know, certainly some rambling to be done. Um, considering it's Battle Top, there's some interesting considerations for uh, Amulet Titan in modern. Yeah, I think that's the place where I've seen it being talked about the most. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I still, I don't know. Like, I feel like my take is probably the same take that I had about Hogak. Like, hey, that's that's cool. That's cute. Is it? it does it need this? I think I think with Amulet Titan specifically, it doesn't need this card. Yeah. I think you. I mean, um, so I mean, I believe has like two to three land flex slots yeah. that you put something in. So like maybe a Horizon Canopy, maybe the, like another Forest or like a Ghost Core or something. Um, I think this can certainly, in some situations, in certain metas, fill that slot. Um, putting it in with a Sakura Tribe Scout or an Arboreal Grazer is certainly yeah. interesting. Um, and you can cast an Azusa on turn two with this. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, I think the the fact that this land has hexproof means that it probably goes in one of those slots as well. If you're expecting like ghost quarters and, and whatnot as well, maybe. That's one of the interesting things. Yeah. I mean, it's also worth waiting though. With an amulet of vigor, you can play this, put the untapped trigger on the stack, yeah, um, and have have the uh, untapped trigger above the sack lands trigger, yeah. Um, so you can do it on turn two, cast an Azusa and then go off. Um, obviously, it's not just better than the bounce lands, because obviously the returning lands is one of the most important things about yeah. that deck, rather than sacrificing them. But there's certainly some applications, something, something interesting. Um, commander players everywhere want this card, I guess. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Hexproof lands are nice. Again, it, it's 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 interesting, and it's definitely a step up from what we've seen in core sets recently. Yeah, certainly. certainly. Sweet. Uh, next up, we have Mystic Forge. Uh, a card that I'm, I'm specifically me is excited about. Yeah, this is this is the most Joe Loudon card I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a an artifact, colorless artifact. Uh, it costs four generic mana. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an artifact card or a colorless non-land card, and then you can tap it and pay one life to exile the top card of your library. <sighs> so okay. yeah, this I mean. It's great. This is definitely my kind of card, like top deck manipulation and an artifact. And looking at the top card of your library is is definitely my shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very quickly, I, I looked at the card and instantly just thought, well, this plus Sensei's Divine and Top and Helm of Awakening just means you draw your entire deck. Go infinite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm probably gonna try this out in vintage. I'm not sure quite in what yet, but like, it seems good in shops, right? Uh yeah, turn one shop. Yeah, mocks, turn play one. This. Yeah, shop mocks. Play this. Find some more mana. Play Sensei's Divine and Top. Win probably. You can also do it on turn two, I guess, where you cast it one on one go. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, just find a way to one, draw through your library and just find like just anything and everything, and just I don't know, maybe combo off or uh, mm-hmm. find the mana to. Find like find Lotus and Tinker, and then Tinker this away for whatever you're missing from your Blight Steel. Uh, is that your Blight Steel? Your Time Vault Voltaire key combo or mm-hmm. Blight Steel? I, I think it's got a lot of applications in Vintage. I think it's a really interesting card. Yep. Um, it's probably a Commander player's dream as well. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly. Um, it's got some interesting applications. With I mean, Microsynthesis. Yeah. Turns all your cards colorless, so you can cast them all. They don't have to be artifacts. Yeah. Um, but I guess if you're playing a Microsoft Matters, you probably already have a Khan Great Creator in, in play, which means you've won the game. Yeah, true. So that doesn't really matter that much. Um, Clock of Omens, potentially, like it costs, costs four mana, but that's a way of untapping this because you pay one life to exile the top card of your library to clear a land yeah. or potentially like a colored spell. Um, 
so that's that's that that's interesting obviously like i'm tapping this with take key i mean i'm gonna give it about a week before um matt mouse posts a list yeah, definitely <laughs> to just break this card yeah i i, you know, I can't imagine it's gonna see any standard play at all it no. probably won't see any modern play it costs four mana uh probably not legacy either but i i, I think it's a really interesting one for vintage and I, I definitely can't wait to try it out yeah absolutely um awesome so interesting so we've got some sweet reprints Oh, hell yeah. So, first up is an awesome land cycle. Uh, so, obviously in the episode last week, I uh, talked about a few things that I'd like to see reprinted in this set. Uh, obviously, the, the pain lands were on there, because I, I thought, hey, like they're good lands, they should probably just always be in any core set. Mm-hmm. We didn't get the pain lands, but I am very happy with what we got. Yes. So got a cycle of the, uh, the scry lands. Yeah, we got the enemy colored uh, scry lands. Yeah, temples. The temples. So it's Temple of Triumph, Temple of Epiphany, Temple of Mystery, Temple of Silence, and Temple of Milady. Milady, there we go, great. <laughs> I was going to be really angry with you if you said Malady. Yeah, so these were great. So they end the battlefield tapped, um, and when they end the battlefield score one, and then they add one of the enemy colour pairs, yeah. which is um, great. Big fan of these cards. Yeah, definitely. They're fantastic. Um, probably just better than the Pain Lands, I think, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how many we will see play when we have like you know the the shock check land mana base, yeah. um, which is a big fan. But I mean, I this was the these were legal when I first started playing standard properly. Yeah, same. Um, so I'm always excited to see go go back to go back to those yeah. shocks and temples. Yeah, and it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. And like he didn't even necessarily play like a full playset, and like the decks that are playing these, like playing two of these was sometimes just good enough and. Yeah, absolutely. Like, these cards are great. Like dropping a turn one, mm-hmm. turn one Temple of Milady. I'm sure is uh, it's going to feel good. <laughs> I'm glad that we didn't talk about that pre-recording or talk about this at any point. We've never mentioned the Milady meme. Oh, but you it, you immediately went for it. And yeah, I'm so happy. it's it's what it's called. There's even there's <laughs> even like uh, so like the the is it is it a font? Is that what you call it in the uh, in the artwork with like the flame coming out of it? Like the font itself kind of looks a bit like a fedora too. <laughs> And it's on a jaunty <laughs> angle. It's great. <laughs> oh, the oh, Temple of Neckbeards. Yeah. Great. <laughs> temple of Milady. Oh, that's... Okay, well, this episode is just already fantastic. Yeah. That's it. That's done. <laughs> it looks like a fedora. It's great. Oh, uh, I'm very, so very happy these lines are back. And, yeah, I think they're going to see a lot of play. Yeah, and um, they also, uh, I guess, signpost something interesting for the future. Yeah, definitely. We, uh, with your... Uh, the thing you've been espousing for a while is that we're returning to Theros. Yeah, I guess we have been we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, we did get something which actually, I guess, pretty much confirms it. Um, but that doesn't make us sound smart. Recently, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it doesn't make us sound smart. I'm not really going to go into detail just just in case it gets back to anybody who doesn't already know anywhere for whatever reason. But yeah, some somebody somewhere may have leaked some information. I'll, I'll say that much. I mean, to be fair, I didn't know, but. Based on the, which we probably thought it for a while because um, all of the sort of intense mana costs in cards suggest devotion, which I imagine if we go back to Theros would be a key mechanic still. Yeah. Um, and then these temples all having very Theros like art. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, <clears throat> since we don't have blocks anymore, this gives them, so they've got the enemy colors here, like obviously print the allies in the Theros set we go to. Yeah. Um, which is very good, and also there is one more card in the set that's just that as well. Does, uh, does that mean we're going to get Thoughtseize back in standard? God no, <laughs> God no, no. no. 
thought season to thought scour not thought scour i always say that thought, thought erasure, erasure. Yeah. jeez i don't want that I want please that. i want that please so <laughs> you can do that in modern shut up <laughs> it's not good in modern yeah i mean right. to be honest it's, it's fine it's fine in modern somebody top hated a a uh uh, a Star City Modern Open with its standard SP deck, so yeah, it is good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. I enjoyed that a lot. I mean, they're powerful cards. Yeah, I mean, this this, this is a pre-Hogak world we're talking about, but you know, yes, yeah. it got there. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's, there's another card that's just well, sort of confirms Theros as well, which is the Starfield Mystic. Yeah, which I'm a big fan of. So it's uh, Starfield Mystic is uh, one and a white for a two-two human cleric enchantment spells you cast cost one less to cast, mm. and whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a one-one counter on Starfield Mystic. So we don't have any um, enchantment-like effects or cards in standard currently that this plays into. I mean, we we do we have we have some enchantments, but yeah. no, no. I mean, I know I know we have enchantments like we have search with cancer and and wilderness reclamation all this stuff, yeah. but like there's not like an enchantment deck, right? There's not an enchantment theme in a previous set yeah. that this ties into because that was one of my favorite favorite things about core sets is that they often either prelude cards to come, so they work well with cards that were yeah. printed for future standard, or they um, work well with cards from previous blocks. Yeah. So um, we had. We had stuff like Siamost Orthopterist in, in the mm-hmm. last uh, in Core Twenty Nineteen, which allowed like the the Mono Blue Storm deck to be a thing. Exactly. Yeah. I like he, the, yeah here's some like... like here's some nice, interesting, like almost broken things. You get to play with them for a little while, and then they're gone. Enjoy them while yeah. it lasts. So we had. I'm trying to think of the sort um, Magic Origins, the Green Centaur. That's very similar to this card. One in a green, two two enchantments cost one less. Whenever you cast enchantment, gain a life. Oh yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. But yeah, Centaur. Well, that's, that's very reminiscent of this. Yep. And obviously, that got printed in Origins at the back end of when Theros was about to rotate, and yep. obviously Starfield of Nick. So like this, this is like I don't know. I like like this this one. I like it. Um, it's cool design, and I like that sort of preluding to things. And this sort of the final nail in the we go to Theros coffin. Yeah. Um. But you we know, don't know that yet. It hasn't been confirmed. Don't. It, it hasn't officially been confirmed. No. But 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 if we do go back to Theros, or slash when we do go back to Theros, mm. they better print sagas. Ooh. If any set has to, if any set can have any other set other than Dominari can have sagas, Theros uh, is the set, right? Hang on. You, you have, know how I, you know how I just said that Starfield Mystic doesn't really play into any standard strategies. Yeah. It works really well with sagas. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was, was thinking. Like when you said that, I was like, oh, "Like eldest reborn, that's a thing." Like I sound really Reborn. stupid now. Nah, because they go to the graveyard of their own accord. You don't even have to sacrifice them, so you put yeah. a count on Starfield Mystic. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh my god! <laughs> really, <laughs> but really but maybe they're coming back for Theros because I think that would be incredible to have like some like I mean yeah like obviously all the sto- all the sagas told a story of things which happened in the past in Dominaria, where like Theros is like. Greece slash Rome, so you've got like you know, you've got your 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 Odyssey. You've got well, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's a way where they could just. I was going to like name some like other. I guess like you, you you've got maybe like your Plato and like your Virgil and whatever as well. Maybe, but maybe maybe that maybe that could just be a thing. Maybe it could just be the Odyssey. And each saga tells a different part of the Odyssey story. Wizards so of the Coast should hire me. They really should. You're yeah. really smart and really good at things. Yeah. Um. So what, like Perforos is Inferno, like, like yeah, sure, <laughs> like like Dante's and like Dante's Inferno, like Daxos's Odyssey, maybe Daxos's Odyssey. Oh, exactly. or or Elspeth's Inferno, and it tells the story of Elspeth coming out of Nyx. But she's a white card, and Inferno is uh, technically red. 
Or historically red. Historically red, but we're we're new New World Order now. <laughs> oh, if they make Elspeth red, I'm quitting Magic. <laughs> Get out of here. You're not you're not printing my second favorite planeswalker. Oh no, I'm not saying don't 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 print Elspeth in red. Keep Elspeth white or white black or whatever she'll be. But have have the sagas tell the story of Elspeth leaving leaving Nyx and the things she's encountered along the way. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm out. I'm also creating magic in that scenario. All right, fine. We'll do Daxus's Odyssey then. That's Heliod's Odyssey. That works better. Nah, Heliod, Heliod was already a god. It has to be like, or maybe just just just, just a new character, like not Odysseus, Saga Odysseus. There we go. God damn it! <laughs> um, <sighs> as as a lover of Theros, and as um, a person with a degree in English literature, this entire conversation is upsetting. It's not Greek literature, though, is it? Oh my god! <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's still it's encompassed in. I need to wash my mouth up with soap after we're doing recording this. Oh my god! This is awful. <laughs> this is awful. I just wanted to get the sick. I have a degree, Braxton. Yeah, sure, sure. Awesome. So <laughs> temples are a thing. Theros is definitely going to be a thing to steer yep. us nicely back on track. Another awesome reprint in this set, which we we hinted at last week, uh, but now it has definitely been confirmed. We've got the ley lines back. Yeah, I mean, by the time we finished recording it, it had already been spoiled that yeah. uh, Leona of the Void had been printed. So we kind of looked smart, kind of looked a bit silly, because we were like, oh, what if Leona of the Void's in it? And it was by the time the episode was released, it was already there. Yeah. But, hell yeah. Yes. Uh, fantastic. I I generally didn't think we were going to see them anytime soon. Nope. Uh, just, just fantastic. Uh, I think the whole cycle is great. Uh, the new red one we've got is really good as well. Um, I, I disagree, right? So, ah, Leon of Sanctity, sure. great, fantastic, playable in Modern and Legacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Leon of the Void, obviously fantastic, multi-format all-star that I need to place it off. I'm very excited for $10 Leon of the Void. Yeah. Leon of Combustion, I believe, is the red one? Uh, I think so. Something like that? Or is that an old one? Is the red one very good, like you just said, very playable? Um, Leon of Anticipation, a great reprint from a, for Commander, um, yep. an, an excellent uh, casual card. I like that card a lot. Uh, the green one can go away. I hate it. Yeah. The green one sucks. It's not a ley line. Why has it got two abilities? Ley lines don't have two abilities. Yeah. Well, they do. They have. You may. Uh, this thing could be in play if it's in your opening hand. And then an ability. It doesn't have two abilities that aren't start in play. The hell is this card? It's also terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I think it's good, to be honest. I think it's good. What? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I can't, I can't imagine anybody's ever going to activate its activated ability. But, like. Oh. Whenever you tap a creature for mana, add an additional green seems pretty good. When you've got Lana War Elves into Nos- in a, not Narset, into uh, Nissa. Yeah, sure. I think like, Nissa is obviously a very big thing in standard currently and will very much be so going forward. Uh, yeah. And then obviously Nissa animates one of your lands and turns it into a creature, so then that land taps for, for double green. Yeah. And also but- you've got like uh, Chandra's, Chandra's Fire Cat or whatever it's called <laughs> that taps for a red. Maybe you can make a tap for red green. Which casts the the red green elemental. Like, there's definitely a lot of synergy there. Like, it's not going to see play in any format outside of standard. But given it's printed in a standard set, I, I think that's fine. Yeah, um, it's worth noting that the lands that Nissa animates tap for three. Yes. Yeah. If it's a forest, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I just I hate the second ability on it. The art on this card is gorgeous, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Noah Bradley's done an amazing job on all five of the the ley lines. Yeah, yeah. I think Line of the Void is amazing. It probably sees a little bit of standard play in sideboards. Um, obviously, it's good against Phoenix decks. It's also very good against Commander Dreadhorde decks. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, 
sees ones to play in modern legacy and vintage and will always see play there this is just an absolute slam dunk as far as reprints go mm-hmm. uh the lane line of sanctity is probably uh one or two of in your sideboard for your esper control decks against mono red maybe in standard um not, it's not the full four probably not no i mean if we're I, talking... also, I also like it stopping uh Thought erasures and dresses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, as well as lightning strikes and shots. Chandra activations. Then Chandra has to target herself. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about that card, would we? We're not going to. It's egregious. I hate it. Oh no, I mean uh, War of Spark Chandra. Because oh, sure, if sure. you got this in play, then Chandra mm-hmm. ultimates. Oh yeah, because that was also the thing with um, Gruul Spellbreaker, right? Yeah, if you yeah. attack the Gruul Spellbreaker and it has no attack, she has to kill herself. Yeah, but that's slightly easier with that, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Leyland anticipation. Is literally going to do Stone Cold nothing because Teferi exists in the format. Yep. So it's a it's a commander card. I like it. I like it for that reason. Yeah. Like you got you got three mana Teferi. Like this card literally just does nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Three, it, mana, I mean, three mana Teferi can bounce it, and then and then they doubly can't <laughs> play spells at instant speed. Yeah, I'm a fan though. I Leyline like Suspicion's like yeah. a really sweet card, and I've um it's needed a reprint for a while. Yeah, it's so. a good one. And then Leyline mm-hmm. Combustion is just ridiculous. Um, like, imagine playing against a mono-red deck and they start with two of those in play. Yep, you just lose. Yeah. <laughs> the mono-red deck is going to be, like, busted obnoxious. for three It's going to be absolutely obnoxious, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's not got too many playable cards, I think. Yeah, quite possibly. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think I think we'll see we'll see one which is still very much sort of your creature-focused deck. Um but I think you think you'll see one that plays very similar to how it does currently with like you you your one mana one ones for haste and your your two mana two ones that shock you and I mean I think we'll see a deck like that, but then I think also we'll see more of a big red deck sort of come out as well. Yeah, definitely especially with the new Chandras and Yeah, and new Chandras and all this stuff. All these interesting things. Yeah, it's cool. I think that's the one that I'm most worried about in standard, but we'll we'll see what happens. Sweet. And then yeah, I guess I guess Finally, I just want to touch on it very briefly, just because I think it's really cool that we're getting a reprint of it, uh, is Steel Overseer. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I... Hmm. So, it's, it's a card that is... It's, it's been hovering around sort of $20 for a long time now. It mm-hmm. sees a lot of play in modern. It sees play in vintage. It's a fantastic card. I think this is one of those cards where, like, you just stick it in this core set, and it, it doesn't matter whether it sees standard play or not it's always going to be great to open one. It's never going to be less than the price of a pack. So I think it's a great value rare. Yep. However, Khan Cyanoverza is still a thing, right? Uh, yes. Maybe. Yes, I think I think for for a long time, it's been very much like Khan Cyanoverza, Cyanostathopterist. We almost, almost have things which could possibly make some sort of like blue artifact deck or maybe even like monocolorless artifact deck maybe steals overseers like the final piece of the puzzle that was missing to make that like an actual playable deck um yeah i agree maybe there's some kind of you know thing there just before yeah. dominaria rotates i guess yeah who knows it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. if anything comes of that but uh, just just thought it's a great inclusion i'm glad it's here yeah definitely it's 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 a sweet card yeah. Fan. We're not. yeah sweet so that's Loads of really cool cards. I think we've seen spoiled in this in this core set so far. I I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think the limited environment looks really cool as far as core sets go. Like it looks like a real step up, and it feels more like like Modern Horizons than previous core sets than a previous core set. I think absolutely. I didn't think I'd be excited for a core set. Yeah, same. Because M nineteen was like very very boring to me. Oh, it um, was horrible. I like drafted it maybe a handful of times, and it mm. just was not a fun experience. 
like I, I, enjoyed, I skipped like, an M19 pre-release to draft Dominaria and Magic Online. <laughs> that, that's absolutely the correct choice. Yeah. Um, anyway, I like... I liked the, the dragons and the elder dragon stuff and the nickel border stuff. And we, we definitely yeah. got some playable cards from that set. Yeah. But I just didn't like it. Whereas this is just so exciting. Every card that's spoiled, I'm like, oof. <laughs> like, think of it. And, and like, there's a lot of cards with like eternal applications or yeah. like sweet reprints or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this set, which is strange to be saying about a core set. Yeah, same, definitely. Uh, it, it definitely, I mean, I felt slightly excited at the time when Core 2019 was announced and we, we saw the cards and it was like, hey, look, it's cool. We're having a core set for a while. It's back. This is interesting. And then, like, when mm-hmm. it came to actually playing with it, yeah, it was pretty much just same old, same old, like they'd never gone away. Yes. And we were, we were very excited because Crucible of the Worlds and Scape Shift were in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looked like two, two whole playable reprinted cards that's that's exciting but now like we've got yeah omniscience i guess sure three three cards that are exciting and playable and they're all at mythic like great Mm -hmm. whereas this set just looks like so like so many playable cards are all different rarities and just yeah like cards that'll see play play in all formats and a nice welcome amount of reprints yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it, it looks very much like like i guess new new world order as they've been calling it like it doesn't really follow the conventions of an old core set yet still kind of looks like one yeah it kind of feels like one absolutely yeah sweet yeah it's sweet awesome so that's pretty much all we have time for this week uh if you like corset 2020 and you think it looks cool come share with us your thoughts on the set uh do you think we're going to theros next do you think we're going to theros next year get in touch with us hit us up on social media you can get us on twitter we are at hfdcast facebook.com slash hfdcast you can get me on my own personal social media. On Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOaf. That's over for Neff. Or Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the groups talking nonsense, probably. It's normally quite informed and nuanced opinions, and it reads for advice. Sure, sure. There's some nonsense thrown in there, but you're very much a, a serious and sensible person. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, if you want some nonsense, <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. It's Neil69. Nice. Thank you very much. That's all I'm going to say. Awesome. I always ruin it every week. <laughs> See? See, so look at me ruining it by saying all these extra words. Amazing. So that is pretty much all our time for this week. Uh, once again, we are approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation. 